We're live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with my good friend, John Beeler. We're Canada's number one tech radio program, and we've got a great show for you today. Uh, along with the tech news that we always cover, uh, we'll also be talking uh, about a cool conference coming up next week that kind of delves into a number of tech-related topics uh, that's called Future in Review. We'll have uh, one of their folks uh, on the show to tell us what you can learn from it. His name is Chris Krug. Uh, we will also be chatting about uh, a new device from Spotify. You have Spotify, don't you, John? Or, no. Or, no, you're an Apple Music guy. Yes. Yes. Spotify is uh, the number one music streaming service in the world. They've got a new car thing called... Car thing. Car thing. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, we'll tell you what it is and how it works and maybe give you advice on whether you'd want that or not for your car. I think it just all boils down to personal preference. I think it does. Uh, let's look at some of the tech news, uh, John. Uh, this was really interesting. We've talked about this in the program before. AI created art, artificial intelligence creating its own artwork. And so this is kind of interesting stuff. Uh, but now, U.S. officials are basically saying you won't be able to copyright AI-created art. Well, the AI won't be able to. Okay, but the person can. Yeah, because someone still had to program the AI. Yes. So, but it's an interesting sort of position that the U.S. Uh, Copyright Office has taken in the sense that artificial intelligence can't create something that is copyrightable. Only people can. So I guess if they did allow AI to copyright it, they'd have to acknowledge that. Well, it, it becomes it's sentient. Well, because it gets interesting. Then. Yeah. So if you want to buy that piece of art, yes. Who do you pay? <laughs> the computer, or it, the computer's owner? Is this how the robots rise up? They fight back against the copyright office, <laughs> or because they're not getting paid, their evil human overlords are? That's right. They're going to unionize. Uh, have you seen some of this AI art? Yeah, I mean, the, it, it gets a little interesting as what what is defined as AI art. Because a lot of times when you're creating art, whether it's a painting, music, there's lots of things you can use, lots of tools you can use that will create what's called generative art. Yeah. So it'll feed off of itself, feed off scripting, feed off some basic inputs from external sources like a person, you know, wiggling a joystick could be all it needs to to do what it needs to do and what where is where is that line where is that you know line in the sand where i made it versus the robot or the ai made it not it's not always a robot but. so but i guess there's always like the human aspect like ai had to come from humans right well yeah and that's yeah. kind of what the copyright office is saying is that basically only people can create art yeah. not software People use software to create art. They can't autonomously create art themselves, at least not yet. Well, we'll have to uh, see what happens uh, next uh, with that. Uh, Roku. A lot of people have TVs that have the Roku smart TV interface built into it. You can also buy the Roku uh, smart TV boxes and their sticks. They're the most popular smart TV interface out there right now i know everyone thinks of apple tv and fire sticks and stuff like that but roku by far is number one yeah and you know rightfully so it's it's simple and it just works like i love it for my you know from if i had it for my parents like i wouldn't have any tech support involved with it 
Well, the thing I like about them, because I have a few different Roku devices in my house, is that you buy it and you're good for a long time. Yeah. Like it doesn't break after two years. No. Like they've whatever they've done, even on an old Roku stick that I have, it still works. Despite it being probably five or six years old at least. That's a lifetime. Right. Well, now there's rumors that they're going to get into making their own TVs. Well, I mean, they kind of are already in the hardware space, but making their own TVs, that just cuts out the middleman, which right now has been typically been TCL. or. But something. they still have to have a middleman because they're not going to make their own TVs. They're going to like contract a TCL or Hisense or some Chinese manufacturer to make their TVs. They're not going to make their own TV factory. No, but they're going to be able to keep all the licensing fees they would typically have to pay these other companies to put their brand name on the TV along with the Roku logo. Yeah, I so, guess. But I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see who's actually behind these white-labeled TVs that'll be Roku branded. Well, it'll be one of the Chinese manufacturers. And I'm there's not sure. a lot of them. Yeah. No. So yeah. we'll uh, keep our eyes uh, opened uh, for that. Uh, GM looking to get uh, U.S. approval to deploy a self-driving car without a steering wheel. Yeah, this is really interesting because we've seen a lot of these sort of autonomous, let's call them little people movers. Yeah. You typically see these in uh, very closed environments like inside a conference center or a warehouse or something like that. And normally with these autonomous vehicles, most regulations in most cities and states and countries they have to have a real person there with a driver. Exactly, right? Just in case something goes wrong. Yes. But this is the first time that you're going to have one of these devices that doesn't actually have a steering wheel, which I don't know. I think it's going to, it's like, it's going to be a little interesting to see how people react to this because there's literally no way that they can like stop the thing. Maybe there's a big red button they can press. <laughs> stop. Yeah. But at least with a steering wheel in these vehicles up till now, you've had the ability to take over if things go horribly wrong. Yeah. Or there's a driver there that's sort of watching the system to make sure it's learning correctly and not running over pedestrians. So it's called the Cruise Origin from GM, and they're looking to deploy this literally next year, 2023. Like, did you see some of the pictures of this? It looks like a little fun box with wheels. It, it does look pretty cool, I have to say. Yeah. Um, but, I, I, you know, again, you're going to... Well, I, I guess when you go to... A, let's say an amusement park. Yeah. You get on that roller coaster. Yeah. And you just hope that there's enough safety in place. <laughs> you hope the carnies <laughs> tighten the bolts <laughs> properly on, right. on the, the different pieces there. So yeah, I, I don't think I would have a problem getting in. Like I might have a problem, John, if this thing's going on the freeway, but I mean, if it's in like kind of a closed environment, maybe a campus, yeah, like a school campus, I could get behind that. I might want to get out of the way of it if I'm on that campus. Yes. Like, I'm not going to be crossing the road in front of it yeah. too closely. But, I mean, there's been autonomous vehicles of some form in lots of warehouses and things like that for a long time. But this is just might be a little, little scary for some people to get into those things without any way of stopping or controlling the vehicle, at least. So, parents, and, you know, I struggled with this as well kids spending too much time on their screens connected to the internet. So there's a father in France that literally shut down his entire town's internet 
in an effort to limit his kid's screen time. He bought one of these uh, jammers. <laughs> I don't know where you buy these things, John. Yeah, you, you, the, you, you know these sites. These sites are online. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it worked like a, like, like very well, not only in his house, but his town. <laughs> so these things are illegal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you remember back in the day when everyone had a, uh, a cell phone and people were nervous to turn it on at the airport because there was all these things that could intercept them yeah. and or jam them. And this is the same kind of technology that is basically just just obliterating the radio signals around. So it's not surprising that this thing is too powerful. Yeah, so these things are really illegal, like everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, because you can't interfere with radio waves no in in any way so this guy is facing like potential jail time six months up to six months and how much of a fine 30,000 euros (laughs) that's an expensive lesson to learn about jamming technology there's way easier ways to get your kid off the internet yeah just get off the internet take his computer or his phone away Okay, we've uh, got a great show happening today. Uh, We're going to be talking about Spotify's new car thing, literally called the car thing, uh, that lets you listen to Spotify in your car, although there are many other ways to do that as well, but uh, we will explore that. And uh, we're going to be talking uh, with uh, a friend of yours about uh, an upcoming conference, an online conference. Yeah, a technology-focused conference that talks about things like Advances in medicine, technology, helping the planet figure out climate control, all these kinds of things. We uh, have a good contest going right now. It's the TELUS Friendly Future Foundation giving away a Samsung Galaxy S20 smartphone plus a $500 gift card for your favorite charity in Canada. If you want a chance to win, go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com. When we come back from the break, we're going to be talking with the folks at Lamy. Or Lomi, they make a a cool countertop composter to get rid of all your food waste and turn it into valuable dirt. Back after this. You are back with the program. Mike and John here. Got a great guest on the line, a Vancouver uh, native. His name is Chris Krug. He's the community manager for an upcoming cool conference uh, that is coming to Vancouver. And uh, It's it's not coming to Vancouver. It's not coming to Vancouver, no. It's online. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm just so physical. (laughs) <laughs> like physical locations. Yes, it's an online conference. Chris, thanks for joining us. Hey, guys, how's it going? Good. I guess I missed like being in person. Yeah. But having I it... miss in-person events as well. Yeah, but being online, everyone can uh, can attend. So, Chris, tell us about the Future in Review conference that's coming up next week. Sure thing, yeah. On Monday, we're starting a five-day virtual event, and it runs... Um, uh, all day through through next week and it's got a bunch of great sessions about um future topics so future of medicine future of money um geopolitical stuff pertaining to the future ai big data stuff like that and so who would this conference be aimed at like who's kind of would be interested to to actually go online and attend this Yeah, I've been involved with it for about five years, and it's a really unique conference. It brings together like the highest level type um, executives, so CEOs, 
um, even like diplomats from nations. Um, but it's a very, very high level conference. Head of NASA came last uh, the year before COVID. Elon Musk has attended. Corey Doctorow is a hero of mine, attends the conference. Um, big thinkers, big picture people. And what is the cost actually uh, to attend this online? There's uh, there's two options. There's one that allows you to just to listen to the sessions, and I think that one's like 800 bucks. And there's one that allows you to speak to the speakers and do the Q&A and participate in breakout groups, and that one's more. That's very cool. And so, I mean, there's a lot of different kind of sessions going on. What are some of the ones that you're looking forward to uh, checking out? I'm always interested in the geopolitical ones. So there's um, a, a session or a, a series of sessions about China, engagement with China or disengagement, as the case may be. Um, there's a session on uh, Russia and uh, Russia's impacts and kind of the um, geopolitical sphere and stuff. So I really uh, enjoy those ones. There's also some on like climate change and activism where they bring in great uh, speakers that I'm always excited to hear from. And there's always a few wild cards. Um, I know, remember last year I met Roger Payne, who's a 75-year-old whale scientist, the guy who first discovered that whales sing songs and recorded them, and he was talking to us about oceans and ocean health and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. As far as, you know, you talked about the geopolitics. Like, would this conference kind of be left-leaning or right-leaning, or is it just kind of cover every everyone? Yeah, um, that's a great question, actually. I think that it is a little bit of both. Um, there are um, some perspectives about climate change and um, things of that nature that I think you would associate more with, like, left-leaning stuff. But then there's also things like, you know, I know that the perspective of the people that run the conference is uh, pretty stern on engagement with China and, in fact, that they encourage companies to disengage from China lest their IP be stolen by Chinese companies. Um, so I think that partially by the nature of the attendees as well, the fact that they are Fortune 500 CEOs and um, trend towards an older demographic, I think they tend to be, and they're, I, I perceive them as wealthy as well. So there tends to be, um, you know, some conservative leanings as well. But I think I invited my dad and he's conservative. And I know that the people that put on the conference um, uh, like live on the West Coast and and have some left leaning ideas as well, but I really think it's uh, it's good for everyone. And like they try to put a pretty balanced uh, group of speakers together. I know this year Paul Wolfowitz, the uh, U.S. Um, foreign advisor, who was one of the architects of Bush's um, wars, uh, is speaking about geopolitical stuff, and so he's you know far right. And then you know to counter that as well, there's a lot of um, left left leaning people as well. I think one of the interesting things that I read on the website, which is futureinreview.com, is that you're going to have people that are going to be talking about lots of different things related to tech, like the global chip shortage and how we can, you know, learn from what's happened and maybe prevent it from happening again, how these... Um, the transition to renewables across the board for almost every type of product and, and consumable that we would have. Yeah. So lots of interesting topics to be discussed. And like you said, there's some pretty high level people that are going to be here. So they're going to be sharing their thoughts on it, but also getting some uh, interesting, I guess, feedback or, or conversations with, with regular people as well. You know, I've always found the name of the conference really fascinating, even a little bit like smug future in review. You know, who are you to, to be reviewing the future now? 
And um, it really stems out of the cult of personality that uh, that is founded around the founder of this conference. His name's Mark Anderson, and he's really made a name for himself by doing predictions. That's that's his game is is predictions, and he's made and saved his clients uh, of his subscription prediction service a lot of money by telling them when to get out, get in, and get out of markets. So. Um, Mark Anderson heads this up. A lot of these topics are based around predictions that he's made in the chip market, China, where Apple's going. Um, he's not afraid to make uh, big picture predictions about where things are headed. And he's been like audited by one of the accounting firms as 95% accurate. So that's um, that's kind of the what's going on behind the scenes. Can he tell me how much Bitcoin will go up to this year? <laughs> I think he does have a perspective on crypto. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. We're talking with Chris Krug. He's a community manager uh, over at uh, a really cool conference uh, uh, online this week called Future in Review. Where can people get more info about this, Chris? Um, check out fire.futureinreview.com. And uh, the full agenda there is all the speakers is there and everything. You can also check out Future in Review on Twitter. Thanks for joining us today, Chris, and good luck with the uh, conference. Thanks a lot. Great to see you guys. When we come back from the break, we've got some cool stuff to talk about. We're going to be talking about Spotify's car thing called... Car thing. Car thing. And uh, are you tired of uh, all the uh, the food waste and all the hassle with the bags and stuff on your kitchen counter underneath your uh, kitchen sink? Well, there's a new device that will compost that and turn it into beautiful dirt. We'll be talking with the, the folks over at Lomi. You're listening to Get Connected, Canada's number one tech show. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected, Canada's number one tech radio show. We've got a great guest on the line right now. I'm pretty excited about this technology uh, that uh, they've come out with. It's called, uh, uh, the company's called Lomi. We've got Matthew Bertulli from Kelowna, British Columbia on the line. Thanks for joining us, Matthew. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I'm excited about this, this, uh, this new product or, or gadget gadget uh, you have coming out uh in my kitchen i'm always struggling with uh all the food leftovers um like i hate having them in a bin kind of underneath the sink or on top of the sink it just gets smelly and it's just not working very well for us you've got something now you've got like a, a countertop composter that you can put all your food waste into and it turns it into beautiful dirt tell us about this yeah so i mean composting is a, uh, I mean, it's a, it's an age old process, right? So like all throughout human history, you know, food, organic waste actually had a lot of value. Um, modern society, we've gotten away from that. Cause as you described, it's kind of gross. Like we don't, <laughs> we don't love food waste in the house. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for the last three years, we've uh, like our, our product and engineering team have just been working on like, how do you take a composting process, which is anywhere from three to six months naturally, and how do you condense that into the shortest time period possible? Not to try to complete like 100% of the composting process, but get it like 80% of the way there. So the dirt that comes out of loamy can be mixed in with existing soil and finished off the process. You know, so like we have uh, loamy owners that take loamy dirt, mix it with soil like 50-50 and then grow lettuce in it. So it's, it's super cool, like it's circular. So, so tell us about, um, is it called a Lomi? What do you call it? Lomi. Yeah. yeah. We call it Lomi. Just just Lomi. Okay. Uh, tell, tell us how big this thing is and yeah. Yeah. Like how much stuff can you 
cram in here? Like how <laughs> how does yeah, it all work? So right now, Lomi, I mean, you you guys can see them behind me when yeah. the listeners. Um, so it holds about three liters is the size of that bucket inside. Yeah. Um, it, I would say it's like the, the device itself. If you're sitting on a countertop, it would be similar in size to like an automatic espresso machine, you know? So it's, it's not huge. It's not small. Uh, it's like in between, um, you know, three liter bucket. If I could give it to you another way, uh, it would be like a typical family of three or four people, you know, like, that amount and if they were cooking at home every day and had a you know predominantly plant-based diet it would work for them really well it kind of looks like a kfc bucket <laughs> you know what it's so true you're not wrong uh that wasn't what we were going for no <laughs> i mean not exactly but now just you, so people can visualize what yeah. the size of it is thanks john yeah <laughs> you put your leftover yeah, chicken wings like in a, there like a good size kfc bucket yeah okay so what kind of stuff can you put in it it's best at uh, like vegetable and fruit scraps. Yeah. So like yeah. all the choppings, um, like that food in the fridge that you're not super, you know, keen to tell people about how long it's been in there. Like yeah. it's great at that. Um, you know, it, 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 think of it like organics. Yeah. Right. So what we tell people, you know, don't load it up with is leftover pizza. Like bread, bread does not make for good dirt. No, you know, no. so like you want a, um, a nice mix of things. Like anybody who knows enough about compost will tell you, you know, greens and browns. And you want like some vegetables. You can put in some paper towel, mm. like that would serve as a nice brown kind of element yeah. to it. Um, coffee grounds are amazing to put in there. Um, yeah, like regular kitchen waste. But so you're not you're not putting the leftover chicken wings and stuff in there. Nah, bones. Definitely no bones. No. no avocado pits. You can put in like your uh, like chicken scraps and fish scraps. Yeah. Like there, there's no risk of rodents, which is why most meat scraps can't go in a regular backyard compost. Is it'll attract raccoons and rats. Yes. Um, <laughs> or bears. But you can definitely put some of that in there with all your vegetable choppings. Okay. You know, like we do that all the time. Okay, so you stick it in there. And are there any consumables other than the food waste? Do you have to put any pods or anything in this? Yeah, so we have a little bacteria pod. Um, I, I have like a little bag of them yeah. right here. Uh, so you put that in and that actually speeds the process up and it helps it break down faster. Um, also helps with smell. Uh, so there's pods and then there's uh, refillable charcoal filters. So we don't sell like plastic waste filters, you know, like air filters in some yeah. things like your HVAC system. We don't do that. We actually just sell the, the charcoal itself. You can refill the machine. So there's less waste. Uh, and you, okay, so you dump all the stuff in there. You close the lid. How long does it take to actually get the dirt? Like it's, it's kind of like a continual process, though, isn't it? Like because every day you're putting more stuff in. Totally. So like the shortest cycle on Lomi is about four hours. Oh whoa whoa four four hours. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. And it'll make yeah, yeah. dirt in four one. hours. Yep. So usually what'll happen is like in my house, um, we'll run it every day. So I'll run it on the short cycle, two days. Yeah. And then uh, on the third day, I'll leave the dirt in there each cycle. Yeah. Right. And I'll just keep adding food waste to it. Um, and on the third day, I'll run the long cycle, which we call grow mode. Yeah. Which is, it'll run for, it'll run overnight. So like 18 hours. Yeah. And then what comes out of grow mode is actually like pretty healthy, macro, micronutrient healthy. So like you can mix that in with soil. So that's like, that's my own rhythm for it. Um, 
Yeah, it's pretty quick. So, so you, you mentioned these different modes or cycles. Yep. Is there like a fan going? Like, does it make any noise? What kind of tech yeah, are we looking so at? Uh, so like around 50 to 55 decibels, if you were to put like a, uh, like a noise meter right up against it. Um, so it makes like much less noise than say a dishwasher. Okay. Would, for example. Um, so it's got a, f- yeah. So the, the thing with, uh, aerobic degradation, which is what composting is, you need constant oxygen in the machine. Right. So like, that's actually the engineering feat here is like, how do you keep the machine and the, the waste constantly oxygenated without smell? coming out the back like that's the that's the trick so uh there's always there's a fan going all the time it's just a small fan it's pretty low noise so matthew uh how much are the little pods and how long do they last the little bacteria pods to speed everything up so the pods and the filters we sell as a bundle okay uh give you so i think it's like 12 or 13 bucks a month is about what it would cost okay uh that's not crazy yeah and um you know, we ship them out so to people. We ship them out quarterly to them. So like every three months. Got it. And how much is the, the, the Lomi itself? That's $4.99 right now. $4.99. And so my question, so you finish with the dirt and you scoop the dirt out and you stick it in one of your plants. Like, are the cats going to be really interested in that plant? So we tell people don't just take Lomi dirt and dump it on top of your plants. Okay. Like you want to mix... You like any, it's like any kind of fertilizer or compost, right? Like you really want to take what comes out of loamy, mix it into existing soil. Um, you, like we tell people, like you probably want to keep it to like an eight to one yeah. ratio, like eight parts existing soil, one part loamy dirt. Uh, we've had people go 50-50 and have it work. Yeah. But it really depends on how healthy is the existing soil. Like gardeners love this thing because they can get super nerdy on it. Um, I don't, I don't get it. I'm not a great gardener, so I don't get it. But to me, it's mostly convenience. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can definitely mix it in. We're talking with Matthew Bertulli. He's uh, the man behind the Lomi. This is a kitchen top, countertop composter where you can put your food waste, all the uh, the vegetable and, and food scraps and coffee grounds. It's not just a KFC bucket. It's not a KFC bucket. <laughs> it's actually some really cool technology that within, you know, hours literally uh can compost your food waste so this is something that i'm excited uh to to see coming out uh, where can people find out more information about this lomi matthew yeah uh i mean easiest place is just to go to pila p-e-l-a dot earth slash lomi l-o-m-i easy peasy yep. thanks for joining us today matthew this has been great guys thanks for having me when we come back from the break, more tech to talk, we'll uh, be talking about Spotify's new car thing. If you're into music, you got a car, you'll want to stay tuned. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike and John here. Don't forget to enter our friendly Future Foundation contest. Uh, the folks over at TELUS have uh, given us a Samsung Galaxy S20 smartphone to give away to a lucky winner. And a gift card. $500 gift card for your favorite charity in Canada. It is an awesome prize. You want to enter? Getconnectedmedia.com and there's extra chances to win as well. You can get extra entries. Uh, let's talk about Spotify, John. And they have a, a new gadget that allows you to get Spotify in your car called Spotify Car Thing. I love it. <laughs> love the name uh you know obviously it begs the question like who needs this because there's so many other ways to get spotify in your car nowadays 
Uh, most new cars have uh, Apple CarPlay or Android Auto capability, so you can use your smartphone just to play those tunes. Or even at a minimum, if your car is less than 10 years old, you probably have a Bluetooth interface or, yes. or an auxiliary in. Yeah. So you can plug your phone into it that way. But So tell us about this Spotify car thing. So it's it's basically a kind of almost looks like a smartphone or maybe like, remember the, the old days when we had uh, uh, dedicated GPS units in the car? Yes. It kind of looks like that. It's a little rectangle. So you got to find a place for this thing to sit in your car, car dash now. Yeah. Well, it yeah. actually comes with a bunch of different mounts. Okay. Um, it comes with, you know, your your typical uh, vent mount. Yep. It comes with a little, like a, not a suction cup, but a like a 3M sticker that you can stick onto your dash. But I think the, the interesting selling point about this, and unlike... CarPlay and Android Auto, you get a giant button with this, or a, sorry, a giant knob to turn. Yes. So some people really like having the ability to scroll quickly. Yeah. Not having to tap up and down or or swipe, yeah. especially while you're driving, um, which you shouldn't be doing. No. Um, so I think that's one of the, the interesting selling points about this. Um, but it also gives your car potentially a Bluetooth interface if you don't already have one and you just have a line in, for example. But this thing needs a stereo that has a line in you need an auxiliary in. you need some kind of way of connecting but yeah you you do have a number of different ways of plugging this in and apparently this is even still compatible with carplay in android auto i don't know why you'd want this over that but yeah because because you can get a, like i know on carplay you can get a spotify app right on your screen yes so yeah. to me that kind of defeats the purpose of this Right. Well, yeah. I don't. I don't think this is for everybody, and it's you know it's not cheap. It's uh, it's ninety US. That's not bad. No, no, for you know basically a touch screen interface with a giant knob. Yeah. Uh, and all the connecting uh, mounts that you would Paraphernalia. need. Paraphernalia, cables, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it does require a Spotify Premium account to use, so that might be a deal breaker for some people. I yeah, I would imagine you would. Because we talked about this before, because Amazon has their Echo Auto, yeah. which is kind of the same thing. You can use your voice to control your smart assistant in your car, and she can be connected to Spotify. You don't get a display, but maybe you don't need a display while you're driving. Probably not, right? Yeah. Just use your voice. Right. And yeah. you can have them use your playlists that are in Spotify, and you don't need a premium account for that. And that's the the... Echo Auto is about, I think, 35 bucks maybe on sale, maybe yeah. even cheaper. But it's interesting because there's been a resurgence lately with a lot of people wanting to harken back to the days when we had iPods. I, I don't. I, I, you know, I nostalg- nostalgically, I do, but I just like, it's so much more convenient now having 25 million songs available instantly. Well, I think one of the things, though, is the distraction of everything else that's tied into your phone. Yeah. Right? So if you're trying to get off social media and trying to get off work hassling you and you want to just tune out. And it's too late. Music. It's too late. <laughs> that ship has sailed. Okay. So, but people are really big into iPods again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is it's gotten really easy. If you can find like an iPod, um, uh, 2000, no, sorry. Basically you get a, an older generation of iPod. Yeah. You can get them on eBay for probably next to nothing. I'd probably find them at Value Village or something. Um, there's all kinds of neat things you can do. You can take out the hard drive out of it and put in a little adapter that you can get online that lets you put in SD cards. Oh, okay. And, and have all your music and it has a modern, a more modern interface for those devices. 
So that makes it a really little compact thing. But one thing I saw uh, just the other day is uh, Adafruit makes this little, little gadget. It's basically, it's called a Pi Player. And somebody found a way to put a Winamp skin on oh, it. Oh, Winamp. I remember Winamp. I, yeah. use, I used to use that all the time to listen to music on my computer. Yeah, so this yeah. basically gives you a little portable MP3 player that you can just put music on an M- on an SD card, but you get a beautiful interface that looks just like Winamp. So you got to whip the llama's butt, <laughs> as they used to say. Yeah. Um, so again, these little kinds of nostalgia—they're not unlike you and I in our retro games. Yeah. This is retro music playback systems. I miss my Zune. I have a Zune up in my attic somewhere. It it doesn't work though. Is my problem? Didn't you say like the battery was like getting yeah. puffy or something? Uh, it wasn't puffy. Just it was completely dead. Right. I I looked online. There's places in the U.S. you can mail your Zune to to get it to get it fixed. But I have all the accessories. I got the car kit. Like the car, it hasn't even been opened. Some of the accessories. Yeah. The AV stand for it. The Zune. It was ahead of its time. It was way better than the iPod. It was just beautiful. Because uh, it it was it was one of the first ones that, ha- that didn't have like an OLED display or or maybe not OLED but just a very it was a giant screen with a beautiful OS on it. Yeah. it. It was kind of the basis for the Windows Phone OS. Yeah. So you know it's just ahead of its time, John. I think so. Okay, we are going to have to take a break. When we come back, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You're back with the program. Don't forget to enter our contest. The Friendly Future Foundation, TELUS is uh, helping us by giving us a Samsung Galaxy S20 smartphone to give away, fan edition. This thing is a beautiful phone, amazing screen, and the camera is fantastic on it. It's a great free phone. And if you win, you also get a $500 gift card to give to your favorite Canadian charity. Again, courtesy of uh, the folks over at TELUS and the Friendly Future Foundation. You want to know how to... Enter, go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com, and there you will find additional ways to actually uh, enter and get more entries into the contest. So it'll increase your uh, your odds of uh, winning. So read, read the instructions. <laughs> Don't email us, just read the instructions. Super straightforward, and it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, this app show, our sister show. I want to give a, a shout out to that as well. It's on every Sunday across Canada. If you're in Toronto, it's on Saturday nights. We are going to be talking about some cool stories. One of them revolves around uh, these delivery services in some of the major cities. We haven't seen it so much in Canada yet, but like in New York and Seattle and San Francisco, you can get grocery items delivered to you within 15 minutes. Well, cities are cracking down on that, and we're going to tell you why. It's like kind of a surprising reason why. And Truth Social has launched, kind of. This is Trump's new Twitter clone that uh, he hopes to make big and get uh, the the right, the far right, the rights, the conservatives on board to, to spread his message. <laughs> is it going well? Well, we're going to give you the uh, the lowdown on that as well. Don't forget to hit our website where our radio shows live as well, as uh, well as subscribing to our podcasts, getconnectedmedia.com. I want to thank John and Robin and all the folks that helped put the program together. See you next time.